Hello there, you're listening to Manufacturing Tomorrow, brought to you by the Ohio Manufacturing Institute at The Ohio State University. I'm Katherine Kelly, your host. Today, we are speaking with Natan Lender, CEO of Tulip, a manufacturing software company that builds digital applications to bridge the human automation gap for frontline operations. Tulip's platforms are based on over 10 years of breakthrough research by world-class experts on technology such as the Internet of Things, human-computer interaction, augmented reality, and machine learning. Natan is also co-founder and chairman of Form Labs, which develops affordable, high-resolution 3D printing for professionals in a diverse set of industries, and he serves as an advisory board member of Right Hand Robotics. He was a former Intel fellow in the Fluid Interfaces Group at MIT Media Lab and co-founder of Samsung Telecom. He earned his doctorate in Media Arts and Science at MIT and a BA in Computer Science and Business Administration at Reichman University. Natan, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. So for those unfamiliar with Tulip and its platforms, how was the company founded and what are some of the solutions you have developed for manufacturers? Yeah, um, so Tulip is uh, kind of a story of a band coming together. Uh, the, core, the core team was, uh, you know, doing different types of research at uh, the MIT Media Lab. Some of us were more, you know, I'm, I come from a world of, um, you know, mobile technologies really focused on interfaces and how humans uh, use um, um, smartphones. Um, we had folks doing more what you define as edge computing and IoT, machine learning, computer vision. And uh, we were all doing our thing. And at some point, you know, part of my work at the Fluid Interfaces Group, uh, together with Professor Padi Mas, was uh, getting the attention of, of the members of the lab. So large, large companies that had operations and they saw all sorts of interfaces we were experimenting with to like make it easy to create applications quickly and use technologies like augmented reality, for example, or machine learning to effectively make humans um, uh, better at what they do, augmenting the humans as opposed to augmenting reality or you know trying to create a virtual reality uh if you like and so uh, you know i was no stranger to shop floors you know coming from mobile phones you know you, you debug and get phones to market like from the shop floor in fact and so spent tons of time in my career previously in factories and um you know and that got me going back into factories and, and actually before joining land i was part of uh what what some folks are familiar uh as rethink robotics this was uh one of the first startup companies back in 08 that um, uh, kind of uh, ushered this era of what we call collaborative robots. And I met up with uh, Rodney Brooks at the time that hired me. And, and he was like telling me about how he would like to have robots outside of cages and, and have human train them uh, without writing code. And I was like, this is unbelievable, sign me up. And, and that got me also to shop floors. So, it, 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 you know, for more than a decade, that's all I've been doing and can kind of summarize it as like, I've been walking shop floors, staring at what people actually do, not what they tell you they do, not what their bosses tell you they do, uh, not what the whatever information system, if they had one is telling you, so the data. And basically came to the realization that there's like a, a, a tool missing like for you know, I, I don't know. I mean, that, there are different numbers floating around, but for the 360 million people working in factories worldwide, that they, they, they basically don't have a first class tool the way you and I kind of take the Zooms and the, I don't know, the Salesforces and the Gmails for granted. And um, 
of course, uh, you know, that missing platform is what we call frontline operation platform that that is what Tulip has become basically a no code, uh, easy to use um, library driven so that you go into on a website and you can find use cases, whether it's training or quality assurance or production tracking uh, that allows you to actually digitize your operations bottom up, uh, but without foregoing the need for governance or having, you know, especially for larger customers, um, the ability to understand what's going on. So that's very briefly what Tulip is doing, and it's like a different, more integrative approach. So we're, we're not an edge IoT company. We're not, a, we're not a, an automation company. We're not a backend data analytics company. Uh, it's something different. It's something for the people on the shop for built by, you know, experts that come from that field and putting that back in the hands of experts that need to do the change that is so hard for their companies, large or small. That sounds like you're you're actually organically walking the gimbal walk and taking yeah. that and putting it into practice. It it's a it's a it's some of it is like digital physical gimbal walk with many many organization. It's interesting that you position it like that. Some sometimes we talk about this through this lens of democratizing manufacturing and democratizing yes. um, you know. Uh, uh, you know, means to me making it more human centric. So while th there's no, and I, I'm not into all this like industry X dot something, what, whatever, <laughs> whatever X is for you, let's just talk about, you know, you, you can, you can zoom out, you know, humans are the technology wielding mammal, you know, like we make stuff and then, um, we, we need a lot of it because there's more of us and we need it all over the place because the world is small, as you know, and we don't need reminders on how supply chain is so critical now. And uh, that's not ever going to stop. This is part of our survival, <laughs> you know, just to be a little bit evolutionary and philosophical about it. So it, it's kind of safe to say that even in 200 years, you know, uh, or 400 years or whatever, you know, humanity, society will keep making things. So we, we need better ways uh, to, to make it, especially like if you look into sustainability and like other reasons why making things actually destroys our habitat. So that, that's also kind of important. And also uh, not, not being focused on humans like destroys things like social mobility, you know, uh, because manufacturing is actually critical for the economy. So it, it's not just like, hey, here's a cool software. This is important. We actually see it as part of the movement and and this is not, to me, it's not different than what open source did to the internet. And I always talk about the second derivative, like you can, if you plot how quickly uh, the internet grew and correlated to the growth of open source, you see that that sharing actually pushed humanity further. We wouldn't have Linux, no Linux, no AWS data centers. And, you know, I can go on, but you get the idea. So is that, is that what you're pushing is, is uh, yeah, more absolutely. of an open? Okay. Yeah. What, what is that for operations? Like, why is every engineer, like, who is, you know, they're doing something with software, doing code, or whatever it is, or hardware, never start their project from a blank slate anymore. They first Google it and go to GitHub and Stack Overflow, where you get information and, and you start understanding what you want to build. And where, where do you get the lean Gemba Walk app? Or where do you get the, you know, your quality audit app 
in how do you connect it? What, what we're used to, what we've been sold the past 30 years in digital transformation is like, let's just get a platform that is something the CIO usually likes, maybe the head operation agrees, and they kind of supplement it with a bunch of point solutions because there's like no one thing to solve all the problems. And then you end up with a lot of spaghetti legacy type of systems that humans actually can't use. And that's, you know, we're in the era of like everybody tweets and there's like companies that uh, make it very easy uh, to kind of uh, deploy what we call business applications quickly. And we're like, huh, of course, that's the way it should be. Where everywhere except where, except operation. And this is nuts. This is like to me, the definition of madness. Like, and that's what we're trying to bring. And and that means you have to uh, offer. It's about future proofing. It's about giving people the ability to customize their solutions and the ability to like uh, give skills to their people. And 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 you know, the reason is actually very simple because there's there's all these engineers and operations and whether you call them you know quality engineers or lean or in, in continuous improvement folks process industrial process design the list is very long and they're all engineers control engineers some of them do write code or you know configure systems most of them are not software engineers and like yeah. you think about the the scale and the dynamic nature and the speed of software engineering and how that changed our lives and software eats the world and all that where are all those engineers who are going to do work in operations? So the answer is simple. They do not exist and they will That's never right. exist. Like, so it, it, there's actually not enough software engineers in the non, you know, in, in the non-operations world. So what's the answer? This is not like a, not the Linder special or a Tulip special. It's like, this is, we have to wake up. The answer is no code. We are basically using software that is writing software and we're doing it for many, many years. We just have like, like a new cool name for it now. And that's right. why so, we're doing it. So let's offer, let's, let's provide a baseline to uh, the listeners in, in terms of, you know, as you're talking about operations technology and, and uh, industry X point, whatever, as you said, I mean, I mean, what are you seeing now in, in terms of how operations technology is being transformed? Well, there's, there's um, different trends that kind of really govern government. And, and I think the, and again, I mean, now it really feels like March 2020 again. So it's maybe good to kind of take this perspective and talk about it. But a few things that, by the way, all those trends I'm talking about existed. And in my view, were amplified by the pandemic, but not to say they were not there. So the first is very simple to understand. You know, our computing substrate and network substrate has moved to what we call the cloud. And that that's not going away. This is the way modern uh software and technology is being uh designed provisioned distributed and so on and it, it mostly it's an economical thing because it dramatically reduces the cost and that is very clear to everybody and you know there's a lot of things around security and this and that but the reality is that you know there's no there's no other way to do it it's like you know um and um and so that's like fact of life the other two big things one we hit on is like this the shortage of labor and the and the need to upskill people uh, because of that, because you need them to do more, you need them to stay more in the workforce and the need to attract new folks to the workforce, which is really hard with a clipboard and a whiteboard uh, where people are like born with a smartphone and you know, very soon with, I guess, AR glasses. And right. they're like, how do I do my job here, right? And so that's another trend. 
the, the other trend I touched on briefly, but we can like talk expand on it, which is the um, the 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 mutations of supply chain. I don't, it's not like it, it, I mean they're they're changing. We were like kind of captivated in this idea that we would ship out jobs and and production costs will go down and and supply chain will always be there and it's so efficient and just in time. And it's guess what? It's too much just in time. So much just in time that like it had problem correcting. And so the idea of you know building next year customer uh, using local you know reducing environmental footprint being uh, conscious of what that means not just because you're doing the right thing for the planet and other reasons like that it's just you're actually you don't have inventory to put, to give your customers it's like a much bigger problem and so all of those things are forcing organizations to invest in the only one thing that can thread the needle between all those things which is like digital technology that can get you to do things faster better based on data uh, you know uh, be more simple and dynamic you know when change actually happens and that's like the thing that always uh drove me crazy when i was like looking at true costs of implementing technology so imagine you know we all been in shop for so imagine you put the capex you put the lines it's all there and then you need what for whatever reason you have a bomb change you need to scale it up you know you need to duplicate the factory to another location so in fact it's not that dynamic and and, and like if you if it goes against the principles of lean that teach you that you have to change every time you find ways to move it to the customer right but if if your software implementation project is five years and you're on year 3.5 and now yes. you need to and it's already obsolete and like you need to now duplicate the factory and like if somebody says oh well let's just do the same thing we did three three point five years ago and it's not over and there's like but like th this is like what how do you stay competitive in this kind of mindset? And I think customers are smart. They're seeing it. And I'm talking about the blur of the CIO and head of operations. So the CIO is no longer the person telling you, you know, she's not no longer telling you, hey, here's your email and your account. She's like, here's the data. And I'm going to help my business grow with this data. And the head of operation is not like, you know, just like, let me hire and train people. They're actually thinking about scalability and like what's the true cost of manufacturing or or you know and 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 i think there's no stopping this and and companies who are not going to do it they're simply going to stay out of business they're they're, they're not going to be able to compete it's like you're not questioning for any business today whether it's a good idea good idea or a bad idea to run a crm uh which has evolved from like a sales tool to a commercial operating system it's not, it's not even a question you may question which one which is okay you can choose what's better flavor this that but you're not questioning it because you can't run a modern sales organization without a crm well how right. is it i mean how is it different for operations right well i mean even with erp that took 20 to 30 years to take hold exactly. so i mean we're, we're we're at a we're, we're at a much faster clip with what's happening with operations technologies totally agree so um you're you had a recent article in Forbes that indicated that manufacturers are being held hostage by technology vendors and are being force-fed training that keeps propelling the sales system. Um, how did how can these issues be rectified in support of manufacturers, especially small to mid-sized firms? Listen to your people. Like you can go get sold on any kind of technology. You don't have the people to actually run with it, understand it, like make it better. Uh, demand more from the vendors integrate with whatever best of breed like helps you you know 
you know, take take any startup companies. And I'm I'm like an early stage tech guy. You know, maybe now also scale up. But um, uh, the the way to think about it is like we when we start companies now, we don't call IBM anymore and say, hey, can you get the troops here? We need uh, IT organization, this, that. No, you go on the internet and uh, the head of marketing chooses uh, her tools uh, for uh, whatever she believes is the best thing uh, for the business at this point in time. And the head of operations and people operation will do the same. And, and, and then you build it step by step and like you maybe graduate along the time. So like larger systems that can handle more scale, that's fine. But, uh, you know, everybody kind of lives in stacks and like the, the back end integrates it um, and, and, you know, that that had different names, uh, you know, like, you know, your data lakes or, you know, your cloud data warehouse and stuff like that. But um, this the, 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 there is, um, broadly speaking, I think this is, a, you know, could be another follow up on a technical um, podcast. <laughs> Is like you know we're seeing blueprints of new reference architecture emerging for next gen operations that kind of take into account you know people are saying well why why do I need a historian the way it was defined in the past twenty years you know historian this piece of software that collects all the things so I can keep uh, with in line with regulation if somebody comes in and says hey show me lot X Y Z from five years ago but how is that different like from any you know amazon or azure or whoever uh file you know flat file services or database services that can be accessed with apis and so on and so forth the problem is like you need engineers to like build that kind of stuff you know right and again this is where a platform like tool comes into play i'm, I'm not suggesting that you know we solve every single use case and we're certainly not a historian but we have a take on it and we're seeing our customers having a take on it and they're changing the way they're thinking and 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 that that's exciting i think we're in in a beginning of a cycle and i don't know if we're two years in or three years in and it's tough to predict that you know but the next 10 15 years like that there's no stopping it it's kind of like you know i think the last cycle was really introducing pcs into pcs and then connected pcs with internet uh to shop floors, which since then it's like, okay, they're there. Let's do right. 30 years of software development and so on. Well, and, and now we're in, you know, we're in predictive and prescriptive. Yeah. And yes. So, um, and, uh, you know, think talking about workforce and how this is affecting workforce, you don't let higher education institutions off the hook, you know, in terms of these outdated business models. So what can universities do to get up to speed? And are community colleges any better in, in, in this regard? You know, I, um, I think that uh, what makes education different is teachers. Mm -hmm. So I don't distinguish between like a community college and a, or MIT. I mean, of course, MIT is a great institution, but like all it takes is like one great teacher in a community college and they can change the lives of the class and the people who kind of follow them. So I, I think that um, in this day and age, uh, what's more important is uh, the network over the pedigree. And there's like tons of uh, um, um, great resources that are free and out there. And back to my comments on open source, right? So like we, you know, for example, invite all listeners, go into Tulip University and we can provide those links. This is free. Like whether you need Tulip or not, you want to learn or not, like this could be your tool to learn what cutting edge 
you know, I'll use the industry 4.0 word, <laughs> you know, um, type of technology looks like and feels like, and, and you, you can just teach yourself and you can be the judge of whether this is a right approach or wrong approach and so on. So that, that's, that's one thing I can say, you know, right off the bat, but like, what, what I really want to do, and this is more a call to action, and maybe we should have follow up on this, is like completely change the curricula. Like, you know, once upon a time, and this is my good friend, John Hirschdick, uh, who kind of did um, um, SOLIDWORKS, the founder, co-founder CEO of SOLIDWORKS, you know, gave, gave way for college students to learn how to use CAD because PCs were available and change how we do design and drafting and all that kind of stuff. And the world never looked back. And that's, yeah, it made a great company and, and awesome product and lots of followers. And that, that's great and awesome for business. I'm all for that. But think about the impact that it made on the world. Like it changed how we design things. Now you can't keep engineering students away from SolidWorks. Or from whatever else uh, type of product. And, and, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to learn from, what what we've seen happen before and that and like extrapolate that to what what you're seeing happening now um you know i did my phd at mit and started like 20 years ago doing computer science it's like some stuff is fundamentally the same you know the way you study algorithms and this and that but some stuff is like completely different like the way you approach building software um and the tools you use and so on and it's true in almost any community um, like designers, you know, think about Figma, you know, for example, um, bringing that to people who build physical things, whether they, they make a cake, you know, cake factories or sneakers or jet engines and <laughs> luxury goods. These are all our customers, you know, um, so su was, super interesting times uh, from that perspective. Yes. How is Tulip University filling in those skills gaps, you know, that, uh, you know, in terms of the education and training aspect of it? Um, it's, it's really simple. You, you, can, you can get pretty um, elaborate and guided experiences for different skill levels that uh, give you templates and teaches you concepts in, in how to build what we call, uh, you know, frontline operation applications and, um, and kind of... I wouldn't say maybe force you is a good word. It's like force you to think about, oh, I have this problem I'm trying to solve. Here's a tool that I can solve it with. Uh, and and uh, but but not kind of, yeah, like I said, like not taking it from a blank slate, like showing you best practices. And this could be things like, well, I want to do, say, an OEE type of application. So there are OE templates to do manual OE if you want to understand it, like um, very sort of in a very simplistic way, um, you know, formulaic almost. Uh, all the way to like, I'm going to get OEE from a machine spitting data at high, you know, uh, hertzes of like OPC UA bus, whatever, whatever. And like that, that's like, you know, you wouldn't say, well, that, that sounds like an, an advanced skill that I need a control engineer to do. And I'm like, no, you need to know what's the address of your machine and like, what's the tag you think is significant and you need to know, uh, you know, where you get the work order and like tie it all together and you, you can do it uh, probably, uh, you know, probably a bit more than a few clicks, but it's not more than just a, a few clicks, you know, not too much more. And yes, there's a learning curve, 
but we are seeing folks and 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 we're already seeing them moving through customers like they take their skills with them and and we're hiring these people coming out of manufacturing it's like you know this is the type of stuff we need and believe in and i want to come build it and um I, again i i don't think philip is the only company kind of doing this step of approach to how technology is being presented and 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 um made made to empower end users but uh but definitely i i believe we we've done a lot to push that agenda forward and I'm very very proud of that and the team uh, at home you know building it so All right so what is next for tola oh so many things i don't even know where to start um i think i think we'll see uh, a lot more apps coming down that uh allow you to start even faster and more out, out of the box this is this is a little bit counterintuitive because you know on one hand like the low code no code says like hey you know build anything and here's a thing and then but we you go to customers and they're like you know you see some customers who are super sophisticated and some customers tell you you know what and and i'm specifically you know sometimes you see it in obviously smaller companies where they have less resources uh they're not less sophisticated and they're making important stuff and they want to digitize but they're like oh my god this is too expensive too complex we don't have a single it person and no one here knows how to do it so that tension is actually interesting because it's like what we want to do is tease out what's in people's heads so if they have context of an operation they could quickly build something so you actually need to take no code and provide better uh ready to customize not to the last mile to the last inch of content but it's still all things no code and you can still customize it and all that uh, you know do it with it what you will but if you just want to use stuff more on the box, then you can do that. So that's one thing. So more on the box. The other, you know, things like just more of what we've been doing around um, um, better connectivity, more protocols supported, uh, enlarging the ecosystems like with more uh, out of the box support for devices, whether it's uh, more cameras uh, for if, if I don't know if you saw our, uh, computer vision, you know, basically using like cameras to help uh kind of create assistive user interfaces for folks on production lines you know to do things like defect detections with the latest cloud uh, um, algorithms that are backed by you know interfaces that kind of you can you know teach it like what's a good product and what's a bad product that will tell you you know um and so like the integration of machine learning technology um we're collecting tons of data so like helping our customers sort out like what does the state of mean um and what, how does it create so you can you can toss it into predictive and all this kind of stuff. We're we're very careful with all, all those terms because a bunch you know if you collect if you collect a bunch of stuff that at the end of the day your algorithm tells you what you already know then it's kind of in the eye of the beholder and I think there's a lot of snake oil there to be honest. And so yeah. what what what's important to understand and and uh, uh, happy to bring our chief scientist on the show if you want <laughs> I can tell you it's like it, you. The algorithms are there and the companies building them are the cloud infrastructure companies and we all know them and they're going to be the best at it and there's no way that's going to be any different. What, what, what makes it different is like, do you have the data and is it contextualized? So like we, we have a lot of data and it's very contextualized and in fact we launched uh, this feature called a workspaces recently which allow you to kind of, I think it's industry first personally that there's a cloud based system digital manufacturing system 
that you can like go click 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 and like switch between the workspaces no, no matter where your site is you know one could be in mexico and one could be in texas and one can be in europe and you're on the same instance and that's a game changer and like what could you do with the data coming from all you can start comparing sites and all that stuff so our customer needs better tools for that and then the final thing i'll say is that we and this is the theme we've been talking about it's like the we're only successful if there is sustainable digital transformation not just like oh we, we did this it's kind of okay for two years and now we're looking for the next whatever um you know the the, the way to do it is like to bring better tools for the people who are actually building the apps and maintaining them and improving them and that that involves things like uh, it's not exactly like debuggers you know I'm, I'm a software i'm a software engineer so it's it's hard for me to like take this out of my head but you know it's like um you, you know you click a button and you don't need to do anything and you see your app running and you're not exactly a web developer but you understand like all the things and like why this variable did that and why that variable did this and you don't you, you haven't written a single line of code so like tools to do that uh, tools to like understand like how apps are being um used and where tools that help you deal with like the regulatory needs a lot of our businesses in life sciences in fact and you know we, to tell folks in, in in operations and quality that that they that they that there is actually a no code fairly dynamic type of software tool that is you know gamp compliant and 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 ready to go for uh, environments where quality teams take it very seriously because every day they, they have to think about we have to create a, a product of quality because otherwise people at the worst case can die uh recalls on the business is like something they can't even imagine fda coming in on audits they need to pass that in flying colors that's what we want to give our customers and that's what we're doing for our customers but for that you have to we have to change a mindset and you have to show that the tools are actually you know reliable and have like all the things that allow folks to rely you know to to, to actually like ha have the data kind of uh, support what they're trying to to show um so you know all that is coming and it's you know very exciting i expect 2022 to be a very very big year for for the industry and obviously for tulip as well looks like it will be thank you so much natan for being my 100th guest i really appreciate the time i i appreciate the honor of being your 100th guest i mean i i i uh i think that's a great achievement and and uh, i look forward for future episodes <laughs>